right, today we come to the, the, the final chapter of 1 Corinthians, chapter 16. Uh, these are Paul's final instructions and exhortations to them, along with some final greetings. Um, basically, he's just tying up some loose ends before he sends the letter on to them. But there are some interesting uh, things to take away from the chapter. But uh, today, I want to take a look at just one of them that is a very important truth, I think, for Christians to remember. And it has to do with opportunity and adversity. In the first few verses, Paul instructs the Corinthian church on uh, how to be collecting their offerings to help the struggling churches in another area. That's verses 1 through 4. And then in verses 5 through 10, uh, Paul switches gears a little to tell them about his upcoming travel and missionary plans. And uh, in that section, uh, he tells them that he's going to be staying for a while, in verse 8, with the church in Ephesus. And then in verse 9, he gives them a very interestingly worded reason why. He says, for a wide door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Read that verse again and, and see if you can see why I said that that verse is interestingly worded. For a wide door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. <laughs> when Paul thought about the city of Ephesus, two realities entered his mind. First, he saw a door opened wide, meaning it was obvious, not just for any work, but for effective work. He knew that if he went there and stayed there for a while, the Lord would move and work and it would be a successful mission in the eyes of God. But when he thought about Ephesus, uh, also a second reality entered into his mind, adversaries. In the same breath that he praised the wide open door for effective work in Ephesus, he acknowledged the presence of many adversaries. Note that, not just adversaries, many adversaries. And here's the reality. I mean, you may not need me to tell you this. You may have already experienced it for yourself. Whenever you try to honor the Lord and walk in obedience to his word and please him in every way, expect adversity, even from those that you might not expect it or understand why it came. And, and, and read the Bible realistically. Do you think Paul looked forward to those adversaries? Do you think they didn't phase him one bit? Paul was an ordinary man. He said so in Acts 14, 15. The only thing that separated him from us was the uniquely extraordinary calling and task that the Lord placed on his life. We're not all apostles. He was an apostle. But he was nevertheless an ordinary man. And as an ordinary man, adversaries were just as much a burden and sorrow to him as they are to us. Paul was just an example of the truth of Jesus' words when he said, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. John fifteen twenty. If you seek to be faithful to the Lord, uh, and, and this is true at every stage of our life, if you seek to be faithful to the Lord, some will not understand it and will oppose it or seek to stop it or, or, or um, abuse you in some way or, or, or shun you or leave you, forsake you. There's a million ways in which ad adversity could come, a multitude of different ways. Well, let's think, consider why would the Lord open a door for opportunity and then allow adversity as soon as you take him up on the opportunity? that he's laid out for you. I can think of several reasons that uh, we'll just mention. One, it's just a reality of the sinful and rebellious world we live in. I mean, it, it's almost inescapable. But two, it creates in us an ever-intensifying taste and longing for heaven where we will be able to do what is right and good at every moment, and we will, um, all without adversity whatsoever. 
Three, it sanctifies us and makes us more like Jesus in the process. Four, it adds to the condemnation and guilt of those who do, do oppose us in the, in, and, and oppose the Lord. And finally, it increases our reward of joyful satisfaction and glory when we see Jesus face to face in heaven. But let me just close by adding one more thing. Look, at, look again at verse 19. I mean, excuse me, not verse 19, verse 9. What is the first word of verse 9? For. For. That word means because. Paul is giving reasons why he is going to Ephesus. The first reason is the fact that he says a wide door of effective work was open there. I want you to notice, though, that Paul is actually giving a second reason why he is going to Ephesus when he says, and there are many adversaries. He didn't say, but there are many. He didn't say a wide door of effective work is open there, but there are many adversaries. He said, and there are many adversaries. Why would Paul want to go to Ephesus? Because there were many adversaries. I believe it was at least for this reason. Not every adversary will always be an adversary. Don't forget what Paul had just said in the previous chapter, that he himself was unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God, 1 Corinthians 15, 9. Paul himself was an adversary turned apostle. God is sovereign, and, and, and Proverbs 21, 1 says, even the king's heart, the king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. So Jesus said to pray for your adversaries, Matthew 5, 44. Why? Because who knows? One day your biggest critic may turn out to be your biggest ally and supporter. It's always better simply to obey God and do his will and trust him to take care of the naysayers. And I hope you've enjoyed those thoughts, not only from 1 Corinthians 16, but also our journey through this letter. And tomorrow we'll take up uh, Paul's second letter to the Corinthians.